Imagine, if you will, taking a journey to the furthest boundaries of thought, where walls stand to contain what you think of as known reality. Imagine now, discovering that these walls are nothing but thoughts, made up to limit your experience as conscious being. These walls, when seen, crumble into the sea of nothing from whence they came, revealing what we refer to here as the Miracle Soup. I wanted to talk today about the power of story and the phenomenon of stories. And um, to begin with, I'd like to tell a little story. Last night, I'm laying in the tent. Yesterday was uh, summer solstice, and my daughter and I, were we decided to camp out in the backyard. Uh, she's four years old. And lately, it's been pretty cool because she hasn't been asking me to read her books. She's been asking me to tell her stories because I've kind of been getting good at just riffing on stories. What I've been telling her is, you know, basic Bible stories. And it's usually been starting with the story of Shedrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And for those of you who don't know, it's a really cool story of a, a few teenagers um, they were some youth, a few boys, three boys. Anyway, they they were they were brought forth in front of the the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar um, had like a golden statue, and and he ordered everyone in his kingdom to bow to the statue of him, right? And these three youth were like, "No, we're not going to have it," and they wouldn't bow to him. So he decides he's going to throw them in this fiery furnace. They are, um, they're, they're like not even scared because they have faith in, in God. So they walk into the furnace and um, lo and behold, there appears a fourth figure, humanoid figure with them. And uh, the people gasp and say, it appears as if it's the son of God himself. And... The boys walk out of the furnace unscathed. Keep in mind, King Nebuchadnezzar, he was so upset with these boys for not bowing to him, essentially, that he ordered the furnace be made seven times hotter. Seven times hotter than normal. So it would really fry them to a crisp, right? Just leave nothing but ash. They walked out unscathed, not even a hair on their head was singed. Nebuchadnezzar then realized these boys truly were blessed by a higher power, and he made them, he appointed them to be high officials in his kingdom and ordered everyone else in the kingdom worship God instead. And my little spin on it was that Nebuchadnezzar, when these boys came out, he actually was the one who fell before their feet. From the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which I riff on, but it's not really the point of this um, episode. It's for me to tell you these Bible stories. (laughs) But 
the thing is, is that from from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I kind of riff into, you know, David and Goliath, which kind of goes into Noah's Ark, which kind of goes into Jonah and the Whale, blending into uh, Daniel and the Lions Den, Daniel and the Lions, and then even uh, what were we doing last night? Moses parting the Red Sea, you know, and getting the Ten Commandments and all that great stuff that Charlton Heston um, acted out for us so brilliantly in the 1956 saga, the Ten Commandments. So, so these stories, right? I'm telling her these stories last night. It's solstice and it's the longest day of the year. We're staying up. It's a beautiful evening. We had a great day at the river together at a birthday party. It was just good vibes. And and so, you know, I'm telling the story and she's just enthralled because I'm really getting into this story. I'm like, and then the Red Sea fell upon the army of the pharaohs and they were drowned. You know, I just got really dramatic about it. And she was just captivated. <gasps> what next, daddy? You know, it was so captivating. So I don't know if she actually made it to the end of the Moses story. I don't know if she was, I, I think she, I might have timed it or it might have been timed just right. She fell asleep just as the sea collapsed on the army of Egypt and setting the people of Moses, the Jews, free, free at last to enter the promised land of uh, Israel or Jerusalem, or whatever it is. I don't really know the technicalities of uh, of the whole Jewish history because it's really complicated and kind of political. But, you know, Rain fell asleep, and I laid back with just this grin of satisfaction. I just, the story came alive in me, you know. I was just like channeling Bible stories and sort of adding my own, little insights and making it my own. And I felt this like living presence. I was tapping into this ancient thread, this ancient pulse of stories, living stories that have been told for centuries. I mean, imagine how many fathers and daughters and fathers and sons and mothers and daughters and mothers and sons have been telling these stories and hearing these stories for so many years, decades centuries, millennia. I, and I laid back with just this grin on my face. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I laid there feeling grateful for the day and grateful for the Bible stories and grateful to God. And, and I started to just kind of like, oh, that glow started to, you know, fade. And I started to just Notice the stories that started going on in my head. They were nowhere near as fascinating as the Bible stories. The stories that kind of defaulted in my head were stories of regret for the past and guilt, shame, and then sort of worries about the future and then moving into micromanaging little imagine future scenarios and how I was going to just control them and make or make what I needed to do to get a certain results and that kind of thing. And I noticed the energy was nowhere near as enthralling and captivating as these Bible stories, you know, where God comes through and, and, and really 
shines his miraculous omniscience through the lives of these people to such an extent that the story travels for generations of time to reach our ears today. Nowhere near that. My stories were so boring. It was just like, uh, I got so bored so fast and I noticed the contrast. And this is what I'm presenting today. I noticed the contrast of the quality of stories that default in my own (laughs) head. And it's uh, something that it's just like, do I really want I mean, man, I just spent a good half hour, 45 minutes telling my daughter these really captivating, um, powerful, like lesson-laden, rich stories that in that it, like uplift the human spirit and have been for so long. And now I'm just slipping back into just boring ass sitcoms. I mean, trashy content from the ego. I mean, it was just default junk, pulp, not even creative. And, and, and I realized, wow, that quality of story is running through my mind so often. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do at work? What am I going to say to this person? What are we going to do about this situation? Oh, I shouldn't have done that thing. Why did I ever do that thing five years ago? Oh, I really messed it up. You know, whatever. It's just really, I mean, how long do I want to go on with those stories? So I go ahead and kind of snap out of it as I'm laying there. And I'm like, I can tell myself a different story. I can, I can do that, right? I can think of like, whatever I want, I can conjure up any kind of story I want. And I did. And I started just to, just to kind of entertain that idea that just laying down, about to fall asleep, I can start entertaining, I can start creating, channeling, whatever you want to call it, a more exciting story. And I think that's so empowering. And I'm becoming aware of that when I sort of get down on myself on the day, like, oh, I'm with the wrong person. What am I going to do? Wow, that's just a story, man. And be aware of it and then think, oh, what other kinds of stories are available right now about this? about this character, Christoph, about these characters in his life. About a week ago, I was, I was um, finishing up a deck project here on my land in the mystical foothills of the Sierra Nevada, the Sierra, um, Sierra Nevada mountain range here in Northern California. And as I was finishing up, I just had a few more boards to, to seal on. And I was thinking, man, you know, I was using Doug fur just to save money. And I figured I was going to stain it later and that kind of thing. And I thought to myself, that'd be kind of cool to, what kind of wood, other kind of wood could I use? I mean, what if I had some cedar, you know, or some, or some redwood or some, some other kind of uh, more interesting wood than just like this Doug fur that's really should be used just for framing, right? two by sixes for framing. And as I was thinking that, I just kind of got back in my flow. Well, this is what I've got. This is what I'm using. It's all good. And then I noticed a car started to drive by the little dirt road by my house that's shared just with a three neighbors, three or four neighbors. The guy was driving a Range Rover or a Land Rover. Yeah, I think it's a Land Rover, which is a pretty nice car, right? And he's got a 
trailer full of wood on the back of his truck. He stops, and I see him coming down towards me. Yeah, hi, excuse me. Um, hey, um, hello, hello. And I'm like, okay, I was, I was using my chop saw to cut like a five foot board, and I stopped, and you know, friendly enough. I was just wearing a pair of like athletic shorts and no shirt and my, my tool belt. And I was like really in my flow, but you know, whatever, I was going to stop and talk to this dude. He comes down, he just immediately jumps into a story, which I thought was totally random. I mean, I was like kind of waiting for him to ask me what he was wanting, <laughs> you know, but he jumps in, he's like, oh, okay, so, hey, 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 uh, my name's John and blah, blah. I introduced myself. Hey, so, you know, years ago, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm over here and I'm, uh, I, I was uh, married to this woman, your neighbor, so-and-so. And um, years ago, you know, she told me that I might have ADD. So I went and I got diagnosed uh, and uh, I took the test for it and I passed with flying colors. And he kind of launched in this story about ADD and how he, you know, did well for himself. But he, he got ADD. He realized he had ADHD. And, uh, and then in his story, somebody asked him, well, what do you hold on to? What do you hoard? Because everyone with ADHD has some kind of a hoarding issue. They, they, they collect something. And so this guy, John, was like, yeah, well, you know, I, I, and I realized, oh my God, I collect wood. So I've got all this wood, Kristoff, and you know, if you ever, and I'm really like, I, I don't have space for it, and it's got to move, and if, if you ever wanted to get a really good deal on wood, you know, just let me know. So he was basically like making a, a sales pitch, right? But he prefaced it with this story about 88, about his like journey with his ex-wife a little bit, and, and getting diagnosed with ADHD, and, and I didn't know ADHD, people with ADHD were like kind of hoarders, so he, you know, so he had this collection of wood. And I'm like, cool. But if he had just come to me saying, Hey man, I got some wood. I want to sell it. I want to make some money. I want to sell, sell some wood. Are you interested? You know, that's kind of like, it's kind of like a cold start, right? A cold call, but he warmed it up just like this in a very personable way with telling me a story about having ADHD and how he was a school teacher and you know how sometimes he forgets to button certain buttons because he's so like hyperactive and I can relate. I'm a lot like that, to be honest with you. So there he established some rapport and, and shared like this cool story that I won't forget. And I thought, oh, that's pretty clever. I don't think he was doing that even consciously, but that's kind of the power of how stories are used. And, and I'm just beginning to um, explore that more. And, and as I sort of sit with it, I start to see, man, everything really is uh, a story, like this whole creation, everything you look at, there's a story behind it, right? Like this desk that I found on this, no, I did not find this desk at the side of the road. Um, my girlfriend was using it and didn't want it and put it underneath her trailer and I grabbed it. It's perfect little desk for my room. Uh, this computer I got because my car was stolen with my computer in it. And so and I needed a new computer and ordered this one. It's been great for the last, you know, four, five years. So there's, there, there's stories with everything. And I imagine, like I had this like fantasy, like I'm sure you guys have heard of string theory. It's a whole like quantum physics idea. And I have no idea what it's actually about, what the actual science is about. But I think it's my string theory is that 
The entire universe is created from strings of stories that weave the tapestry of this whole entire creation of third dimensional material reality. And the power of story is the same power that weaves planets and galaxies and time and quantum particles and histories and rise and falls of empires and trends of peoples and cultures and and I, and I, and and then from the you know last night with realizing like the dull mundane quality of story that's going through my head why not kind of wake up a little bit and realize oh my god i got the um I actually have the remote control. I can change channels whenever I want, tell myself different stories, you know, like perhaps there's just been this story that, you know, ho-humming it through life, change that. What about if it's a story of intrigue, mystery, magic, or not, or it could just be like a Zen story of calm, peace, and mindfulness, or it can be you know, it's like whatever the universe is presenting, we can create different stories to accent our experiences and furthermore, shape them into more desirable, more fasting, more nourishing experiences. I have been wanting to record this podcast for quite some time and I'm finally getting to it because I'm realizing there's really no rules to this podcast, guys. I don't know if you think there are, but in life, it's more just about following the hunch and seeing where it leads. That's another story. What happens if is a story. Experimenting is a story. All of science is a great, vivid, and fascinating story how we got here. There's so many stories about that. They all probably contain little factions, little little portions of the truth, and they create this amazing mosaic, which reminds me, Daniel Levin is a guy I want to interview pretty soon. Just putting that name out there. Before I get too tangential here, I'm probably just going to call it an episode. I thank you for listening this far. If you haven't already, Um, left a review. I would so appreciate that. It's so awesome to read reviews. I really appreciate them and see those little stars. Know people are listening and people are getting some quality out of it. And if there's something you'd like to hear, please leave a, um, the emails in the show notes and and feel free to shoot me an email and, and and request uh, an interview or a topic or anything like that. Also, if you wanted to keep up with the you know, the episodes, uh, slap that subscribe button. And of course, as of this moment, I have nothing to sell you. I have nothing to offer. I have nothing even that I think you should sign up for. Just, just the fact that you're listening really means a lot. So thank you so much. And, uh, I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Shed rock, me shed on a bendy door. Work and death to be strong in the furnace. Shed rock, me shed on a bendy door.